Hello again. By the end of this sequence, you may choose either to reactivate your Infinity account or to continue going down the rabbit hole with us. Back to our story. Adrian and Sasha brought me at the back of their house. And that's when Adrian started his story, taking me 20 years back in time. Make yourself comfortable. We're going to sit outside. What? You have never seen a real garden before? Not one like that. Well, one has to eat. Although I wouldn't try to eat everything there. Ah, Sasha. Come on, I mean, just... Hold on. What is it? Shh. Don't move. Their gun. Can never be too careful. What was that about? Surveillance drones. Anyway, you were saying? So, I guess it all changed in the 30s with the Infinity Revolution, which I assume you don't know much about since Infinity cuts out all content slipping out of their official version. I mean, from what I've been told, the revolution occurred in a quite chaotic time. The old states were unable to manage the multiple crises social inequalities, systemic sexism and racism, the environmental crisis, pandemics. And you think any of that has changed? If anything, it all got worse since Infinity took hold on power. The raging inequalities, the constant natural hazards. The only difference is that now people are surrounded by this artificial bubble. They have no idea what's really happening because they all live in a little Infinity fantasy. And they don't allow you to get any information about what's really happening out there. That's not true. We do get free information. <laughs> <laughs> free information? What are you? I guess we need to begin from the start. You see, kid, I used to be a journalist back in the 20s. Okay, don't get me wrong, Adrian. I would love to hear that same story for the hundredth time, but I have some work to do, so you'll have to excuse me. You were saying, journalist? Yeah. I'm afraid we have gone kind of extinct. Once considered a pillar of democracy, the fourth estate. No biggie. Hold on, I, I think I have something about that on another tape. Right, this is a discussion I had with Gilles Marchand. He was a big name in Swiss media at the time. There is a word that sums it up completely, which is intent. What does intent mean? If the intent is the opposite of manipulation, then all is well. That is, if the intention is to try to offer quality information in the sense that it's balanced, in the sense that the different opinions are properly reflected, and in the sense that there is no pre-decision or pre-orientation in the story. If, on the other end, we try to fit our foot into a shoe that is too small, as we say in the jargon, or if we aim to flatter this or that part of the population or this or that economic interest, then we are no longer pursuing what I would call Journalists were meant to produce information that would make citizens debate the decisions of the rulers. They were to encourage the public use of reason. Wait, you're painting this ideal picture, but if this model disappeared and if people now inform themselves by other means, it must be for good reasons. You have a point. Journalists were far from perfect. The media was already vastly controlled by companies, serving private interests, but still they represented a counterpower. That's what democracy was. Power, counterpowers. Okay, but 
I don't see how the digital world is going against any of this. On the contrary, it's... It's not about the digital world. It's about who has control on it. At its beginning, the internet was the promise of a more inclusive place. A renewal of democracy, even. It was a rebellion against the paternalism of the traditional public space. It was suppressing the mediation of the spokesperson or gatekeepers. But soon enough, the internet was captured by big tech companies. Goodbye, cooperative democratic land, and hello, hyper-centralized capitalism. These big tech companies started to make the rules of information, which was at the core of the democratic systems. They notably dented the profits of media and journalists. They imposed new formats, new types of information. So, for example, you could make horrific statements of hate, you could spread disinformation, no problem. But on the other hand, if a woman posts a picture of a bear breastfeeding her infant, this would be deleted in seconds. The difference is that you don't know who makes the decision to censor you, and you can't argue with any of it. <coughs> Let me catch a breath here. Want a drink? Um, sure, thanks. What do they do? Sasha, I mean. They alternatively solve and create problems. That's in a nutshell. So, where were we? Right, I guess if you really want to understand what happened, we have to go back even further in time. Between 2016 and 2022, the European institutions passed some big regulation packages. Those were notably targeting big tech companies in order to revoke the almost absolute power they had on data and on the information that was circulating on the internet. A few notable texts were voted. GDPR, the Copyright Directive, the Digital Service Act and Digital Market Act. Yeah, wait, I think I remember. This is the thing you talked about on your recorder, right? Exactly. Again? Something's not right. Maybe we should go inside? I think it's fine. Can't they see us? Not when we are in the garden. That zone is partially protected. They can't see us. Where was I? Right. The European regulations. Rules for companies that didn't have to respect anything since the beginning of the internet. After a few years, these regulations started to being implemented. And in the end, it seemed to be working in some way. But for social media companies and big tech companies, that meant they were losing their omnipotence and with that, a big chunk of their profit. It was only a matter of time before more laws would be implemented. And there's only so much power an empire can lose. But a young, ambitious entrepreneur didn't see eye to eye with this prediction. Infinity Forts. The founder of Infinity... You guessed it. Forts, seeing the quick rise of Infinity, decided to fight back democratic institutions and their regulations, which were a danger for her business. And soon enough, she convinced the CEOs of all the other platforms to gather together with her. For this fight, they used enormous amounts of cash flow, but most importantly, their common strength, their knowledge of data and their extremely advanced technology to evaluate the slightest changes in someone's attitude, emotional response, and so on. That strategy wasn't new. It was the current practice to use it for commercial and political purposes. Like here, pass me the recorder. Yep. Okay, listen to this. May 3rd, 2022. Martin Cronel, representing the Chaton Collective, Brussels. 
Je sais pas si vous avez entendu I don't know if you've heard about the Cambridge Analytica scandal. These are things that are based on the exploitation of sociology. It's clearly the exploitation of scientific sociological mechanisms that allow you to target a particular group to have a social reaction. It was exploited in the Brexit campaign. It was exploited in the election of Trump. In particular, what was really implemented was to target people so that they would not vote. It's not at all to convince people to go out and vote for the right candidate. For the election of Trump, the goal was to convince Hillary Clinton voters to not go vote. And that's enough to make people who are a little undecided, the two or three percent who could swing an election one way or the other, to abstain. It was the same in the Brexit campaign. It worked exactly the same Infinity started using its enormous database to manipulate the opinion, creating and promoting content, discrediting the institutions, and along with it, the democratic model. And at the same time, they were pushing the idea that big companies could offer new solutions to every little problem in their life, and that regulations were just preventing progress. Some big names of the industry, too happy to weaken the states, of course, used the newspapers and televisions they owned to spread the word. Academic studies were bought, Constant lobbying was carried out at all levels. Months after months, more and more people were sympathizing with the Infinity movement. I mean, like, Infinity Ford is a billionaire entrepreneur. Aren't successful people like her meant to lead? At some point, it all comes down to this. Either you're in favor of progress and development like Infinity Ford, or you wanted to freak out with those old things in Parliament who don't understand a thing about tech or business. Why even bother voting? Is that really going to change anything? Give me Infinity Ford as a candidate, and yeah, I'll vote. When it happened, democracies were already weakened. People were disappointed in the system. Who could blame them? People just started boycotting elections altogether. Instead of reforming itself, the public institutions kneeled in front of the private sector. Simultaneously, Infinity was concentrating on all sectors of our lives and controlling every information consulted by the users. There was no more reason to go out, and with the year-long extreme weather and air pollution, there wasn't any desire for it either. Our lives divided into two. Work, distraction. Work, fucking distraction. And for one or the other, you would find everything on infinity. Damn it! Gotcha, little mosquito robot. For Christ's sake, Sasha, what is the matter with you? They're gonna send backup now. Relax. I've locked its data flows before it crashed. For them, it'll just look like an accident. Nothing suspicious. Shit happens. Plus, extra gear from my collection. So much tech into these little beasts. You better be sure about this. Disconnected in 2050 is a dystopian podcast series built to warn listeners about the dangers of allowing big tech companies to have too much power. 